You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about the the soul mining in the room i have adam hello rob hey there ben hi david hi and on the line i have kyle the garbage heap of despair <laughs> yeah that's a good one <laughs> soul mining is the debut album by the british post-punk synth pop band of the 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 label is some bizarre and epic the producer was uh paul Harmon and matt johnson and the genre is post Punk, synth pop, and pop. And Adam's going to read from the book, uh, Michael Heatley. If any rock artist ever had the tag Miserable Bastard tattooed on his forehead, it is Matt Johnson, the one-man band who has operated as the The since 1980. He denies this, but the downbeat nature of much of his music, including this first release under his The The handle, tends to undermine his protests. Londoner Johnson's love of music was fostered by growing up in his dad's East End pub, where David Essex and Long John Baldry, among others, performed. I heard it coming upstairs through the dumbwaiter, and when the pub was closed, my brother and I would play on the equipment we found on the stage. After one album as himself, Burning Blue Soul from 1981, he adopted a mysterious name to create a concept group inspired by the Plastic Ono Band, a concept group that changed constantly. The songs combined thought-provoking, intense lyrics, many that-sinking feeling, for example, inspired by the Prime Minister at the time, Margaret Thatcher, with music that often made use of unusual instrumentation. Lyrically, in one reviewer's words, soul mining overflows with ideas, rants, doubts, fears, and more musical experimentation than most bands would dare attempt in a lifetime. Few guest musicians are featured, but Jules Holland's piano solo on Uncertain Smile merits special mention. A 2002 repackage remaster was superintended by Johnson himself, and Soul Mining joins the more commercially successful follow-ups Infected, Mind Bomb, and Dusk in a London Town box set. All right, what do we think of the the Soul Mining? Man, this is a cool find. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally yeah. unfamiliar. I'm very happy. I've, 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 it's in my... Uh, I haven't heard this album in like 25 years. You said you were really familiar with it, though. Well, so the song This Is The Day is... Literally, like, in a top three songs of all time for me. Wow. I discovered this song as, like, a teenager through my stepmom, who was really into New Wave. And uh, so she got me into a lot of stuff. And I heard this song, and I was just like, this is my thing. And uh, so I listened to this record a lot back then, but that was the song that stuck out for me. And now going back as an adult, not like a, whatever, 12-year-old, and re-listening, this album is crazy. It's so experimental. Uh, but I, I like it. The only thing I really knew was This Is The Day. And it's so cool that there is a song in the early 80s that's like 
very, very new wave, but the lead instrument is the accordion. Yeah. <laughs> it's accordion. just like the hook is on the accordion. That's yeah. Like, Agree. Not a thing. Uncertain Smile was a big song too. Do you guys know that one? That's the one with the Jules Holland. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Yes. But uh, I mean that, that it's a long single, but that that's a single that you would hear. Yeah. 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 I was uh, when when I first heard "This Is the Day," like my brain immediately went to uh, Oingo Boingo's uh, uh, "We Close Our Eyes." Is that right? Yeah, Kyle? Rob. You, yeah. You, you, you don't it buy it. Sounds a little bit like it because it has an accordion. It's the same. It's the same melody going up, man. It's. Do you have your accordion on you, Rob? No, uh-huh. I don't have my accordion on me. I had to bring my Def Leppard record. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned Oingo Boingo because uh, I was listening to this and through my like adult, more knowledgeable ears, I was like, oh, this is like a little Oingo Boingo-y. Like, and that was not something that I would have known as a teenager or whatever. And I was trying to place you know, references from that era on this band, what it sounds like, but you just have to pick, you have to pick one for each song. And then sometimes the song changes halfway through and you're like, okay, now this is a completely different song. And more than likely he is the reference point for everything else that you have heard. Maybe. I mean, for example, I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, Thompson twins stole, uh, some stuff off of uncertain smile. Yeah. Um, Whoa. For, yeah. I heard Thompson twins for sure. If you were here, I'd deceive you. Yeah. Whoa. Right. Yeah. Sorry, did, did you say this was in uh, Grand Theft Auto Five or something? It was. Oh. This song was in Empire Records. Empire Records. Oh, there you go. My bad. Yeah, <laughs> one of those. Yeah, there was a remix on that soundtrack because okay. I had that. I remember when uh, Adam, when we were first becoming friends, and the college radio station was selling all of their vinyl records because they were swap switching to, to compact disc. I remember. And you and I went there at the student union, and we were buying records at 10 cents a pop and they had pretty much been really picked through a lot of the stuff that you would be familiar with so we were just finding all these odds and ends and i think we, we got a copy of the the infected yep and we had that at the house for yep. a little while i don't oh, know where that cool. went yeah, i don't think neither. i have it anymore but that's like a lot of those records <laughs> i went to that sale and i bought a bunch of oingo boingo i bought all the oingo boingo oh, man. <laughs> you must have gotten there early that was fun though i mean like the collection was was really good. I mean, like that collection now would be just a treasure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I have found it really interesting too, that accordion, it's like a drum machine, an accordion loungy singing. And it like, it's like a pop song that. Oh yeah. It's a pop song. Feels mm-hmm. like all this mishmash of the stuff that we've been listening to, like the European uh, new wave stuff of the cure ABC, like all these things, but it, it's not that at all. It just feels it feels very different. Pop it, was really interesting at this time. I mean, what, what year was it? 83? Yep. Yeah, that was a great time for music that was like out there reaching the charts. I was going to say the song's like so melancholy. And I had, I'd heard this a lot, you know, growing up, but I'd never really listened to The The, like the whole record. And um, it's great stuff. I never realized that song. It's like Perfect Day by Lou Reed. It's like it sounds going to make the same oh, comparison. Yeah. yeah. That's what attracted I, I me never, to it. Yeah, it's... Oh, it's so good. Just when you have that juxtaposition, mm-hmm. I think that's, I mean, that's what jumped out at me was, oh, you can make something that sounds happy that is actually very melancholy or morose. And in, you know, around that time, I think I discovered Lou Reed because I saw him, yeah, around the same time when I was like 12. And um, it just had this like edge to it. It was like, oh, you can do anything with a song. That was when I was really having my mind changed about what you could do with music. 
And songs like that, I think, were really uh, instrumental in that. So, you know, songs that illustrate like you, there, there's any option. Yeah, if you took the lyrics away, it sounds like the most optimistic song. And even like if you just kind of look at the lyrics, it's like, oh well, everything's going to be better. But then it's like, it's not about that. It could change. It could change. <laughs> like everything's. <laughs> this is your rock bottom. Or will surely change? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's just. Yeah, there's a, there's definitely like an element of yeah, there's things have not been good. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm just a symptom of the moral decay that's gnawing at the heart of the country. Yeah, <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. Uh, yes, I did think too that we're listening to the sinking feeling. That was the only song that retain he retained from previous like demos and songs he was writing for mm. an album called the. Pornography of Despair, <laughs> which is a little bit more of a downer title than uh, than uh, Soul Mining. <laughs> oh my god! Singing Feelings, one of my favorite tracks on this record. I thought it was real strong. Yeah, the first one is. Yeah. It felt yeah. a little experimental. I didn't know where it was going, and then it came out like this is the day. The Sinking Feeling, Uncertain Smile, twi- like it just kept going. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good record, and it's. It's really short, and I noticed that on Spotify, for some reason, Perfect is not on it. Um, Perfect is not on the original release. Okay. It was on... Perfect is on the original release for the U.S. release. Okay, it's a, which the, is not the, 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 the original. U, the U.S., the uh, Australian, and I thought the... Not the British. The, the British are the ones that had the, the seven songs. Less yeah. songs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Canadian, New Zealand. Yeah. Because yeah. I looked at it in seven tracks, and I just thought, Wow. That's yeah. like so interesting, you know. New Zealand had ten. Oh wow! I, oh, wow. I, America got nine, or America got eight. I read that Matt Johnson was not happy with Perfect being included on some releases of this album, but oh. I like that song a lot. I like and the Omnicord. Why on not that. have it on the album? Is that an Omnicord? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, those things are amazing. Mm-hmm. Was, the producer uh, Paul Hardman wanted him to use like a like a <laughs> Sinclair. Sinclair, and he's like, "No, I'm using my Omnicord. <laughs> oh my it God. sounds better." <laughs> Oh my god. There was a song that I was listening to on the way over and I think it was Soul Mining. No, it was either it was the Twilight Hour maybe. And I immediately said to David, Oh my god, that's the keyboard that's from the song by the specials like Friday nights, Saturday mornings. And uh that's like there's just this like shimmery weird like keyboard of the era. And it's so funny when you go back and you listen to an era where you know, there's very specific sounds, you know, where it's like, oh, this is the, this is the, this keyboard and you can pick it out because there's so many, um, manipulated sounds now through the mixing process or through, uh, you know, people just creating their own digitally. We've been hearing some pretty specific drum machines in these past few years, like, like the Lindrum and the 808. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Sorry. I believe this is a Roland 808 for, uh, Rob's confirming. I, I, I am, but yeah, it, it, we're listening to Uncertain Smile. You, it, tell me you don't hear Thompson Twins. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I also heard a Zylimba. So did huh. I. Kyle, tell me you didn't hear Thompson Twins. I heard Thompson Twins. Bro. Oh, thank you, buddy. <laughs> All the way from Bloomington, Indiana. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the single version of Uncertain Smile is different. It's got a uh, flutes and a saxophone solo. Oh. It's shorter too, right? It must be because this is a seven-minute yeah, song. It's shorter. Because yes, I remember hearing yeah. this on the radio. I was like, I feel like I would have noticed if it was seven minutes long. That's a long, like Bohemian Rhapsody. Does is. the radio edit have the extended piano solo? 
Um, the XM one no. does okay. because I have been listening to uh, the the their first wave station, and that was the first time that I'd actually heard this song, and I immediately said, "Oh, that's Jules Holland playing," because he's, his style is so distinctive. And then it goes on for like five minutes too long, <laughs> which is also like a Jules Holland thing. We're just like, this is really cool. Just, just stop. <laughs> it's called editing. <laughs> that Edit is yourself. so tough. Fun, funny That's you, so tough, funny you say yeah. it's called editing because so Jules Holland shows up in the studio. He hears the song for the first time. He sits down and he improvises a piano solo and then he does another one. And then Matt Johnson just taped them together and made one long piano. Oh my god! So yeah. I will say to the Side first take, it was, it was first take, and then with the punch in. Yeah, I will say to the detriment. I like this album. I think it's interesting. It's different. It's creative. So it's, I'm just kind of. Then it's also listenable. So like I give it points for that. But my first impression is halfway through the first song on the re-listen, I was like. Oh, this album was made completely in the studio. Like this is this feels like an album that they you know he started putting down tracks. Like maybe there were well, some it's, ideas. It's just him though. But I mean to say is like this is not written like a guy with a guitar. This right, is not right. written like you've articulated the whole song in your mind. It's it's clearly a studio album, and I, I think that's just something that I've been noticing more and more about. Um, how, why things sound a certain way is like mm-hmm. just trying to identify like well what's the What's at the heart of this album? Like this is he sat down and he said, "Now this is gonna happen, so I will record this." It wasn't like worked out by a band, mm-hmm. and, and everybody's like, "No, okay, when I do this, you do this." You know, it's just a very different way of writing. Yeah, yeah. and and there was uh, just people just coming in and guesting for yeah. funsies, like like, uh, like Zeke uh, Manika, the drummer for Orange Juice, is all over this record. I think he's most of the drums aren't a Roland 808. Right. Yeah. And, and, he, uh, and that's his uh, mission statement, know, by the way. Like, to be clear, like, I'm not automatically criticizing it, you know, by saying that it's, like, just in the studio. He said that's what he wanted to do. He wanted mm-hmm. it to be always changing. And there's obviously an organic quality to it that is, um, that's going to have, it's going to yield different kind of results. seems like it's Matt Johnson and whoever he's hanging out with at the time, which isn't that also kind of like what the shins are like that dude and whoever he's it's like out a different band for each album. Yeah. Think, like uh, intentionally, like that's what yeah. the project yeah. is. I think the first few shins albums were like a band and then he just cut everyone loose. Maybe I don't really, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know well enough to speak on that confidently, but, um, I also do not. Yeah. Kyle, I got a couple <laughs> questions for you. Hit me up. Uh, one, did you notice David Johansson on the harmonica on the last song? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. David, David, Johansson. David, David Johansson on harmonica. On, on awesome. Perfect. Wow. Yeah, awesome. About that <laughs> David Johansson playing harmonica on uh, the last song on some of the uh, releases, Perfect. So I guess that's something that they had been working on 
before the recording of this album. I don't know if it was part of the uh, pornography or despair or whatever, but it was something they were working on and then they shelved it. And then when they when he came back to it, I think they scrapped every track of it except David Johansson's harmonica <laughs> and rebuilt the song from that. Oh my god! Wow. Talk about like putting the cart before the horse. Right. Like that's such a wild way of approaching a song. Well, he was I, mean, on, I love he, that idea. He was on like, a lot of drugs. Like a, a lot of drugs. The uh, CBS gave him what, like an eight hundred or eighty thousand pound advance, like while he was in New York doing the David Johansson stuff. He's like, and uh, the fucking uh, the manager for uh, Soft Cell, whatever, mm. whatever the hell his name is, like yeah. he he was also uh, like working with uh, working with the. And so they, they got, you know, 80 grand. They were like, you yeah, know, let's just go down to, you know, fucking let, let's go downtown and do drugs. They wanted to. I, 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 I want to get the I want to get the dirt on. They them. wanted to do the thing. <laughs> and then know? they fucking like <laughs> drove to Detroit to try to have like an experience. So I can talk about being down at that. House. So is <laughs> two or three years before Buster Poindexter then? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Whoa. Yeah, because wow. uh, oh, I that, love him. That, yeah, that, I, know, he's I love him so but, much. Like, I, I've just—I've never really known Niagara Falls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got like the New York Dolls, and then you've got Buster Poindexter, and I've never known what that middle time was. It's studio harmonica player. Studio harmonica player. <laughs> he's a multi-talented <laughs> man. <laughs> For the V. He he shows up on a lot of albums. Does, was he having yes. a personality crisis? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, well, that no, is hilarious. We just got into that, and I, I just need that we've I brought it up before. We're going to talk about Graceland at some point. Yeah. Um, but the whole uh, Paul Simon and uh, like Paul Simon having Chevy Chase on the video yeah. for Call Me Al, uh, and then David Johansson having Bill Murray for Hot Hot Hot. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, God, like and that was right. that, like like an intentional like uh, just like. Like, Bill Murray Cotton. was like, you know, fuck, fuck you, Chevy Chase. <laughs> also in a music video, but with a cool band. I was just thinking about that today because we were listening uh, to <laughs> wait, a little wait, Paul wait, Simon. Wait, 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 Did you just refer to Buster Poindexter as the cool band <laughs> over Paul Simon? <laughs> I mean, he... Oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in a couple of years. <laughs> wow. Um, we were listening to is Graceland Buster today. Is Buster Poindexter, is he in this book? No, um, no, no, like, no, no, no. Yeah, but Aretha Franklin's not. It's like, okay, no, it's like it's Paul Simon. No, it's, uh, uh, we, Wendy Houston's. Wendy Houston's not. Yeah, we, we Aretha Franklin had one song. That's a sh- two or one album. We got two. Really? Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I'm wrong. But uh, um, what I was gonna say is we were we were actually talking about uh, Graceland today, and I was thinking about Chevy Chase and how he's in that video, and then I remembered how he was apparently in Steely Dan. Like back in the day, yeah, and he got kicked out for partying yeah. too much. <laughs> he got kicked out of Steely Dan for partying too much. Steely Dan will kick you out for partying. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And they will replace you with Steve Gadd. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they um, like answered a like a wanted ad basically and joined this band in Long Island, and they kicked everyone out. <laughs> They like joined this band and then they brought all their own songs. They're like, okay, we're playing these now. And also you guys are out. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Except for the guitar player. You're cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Let's get back to yeah, the, 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 are we on the twilight hour now or are we on soul mining? Uh, this is, uh, twilight. the twilight hour. Yeah. I just have a men written next to it. The, this one didn't grab me. I thought it was cool. Those, I mean, those beats and, and, and that sort of, um, it's odd. Yeah. 
That's Zeke. Yeah. I, I thought that was amazing. Also on Giant, I was I was kind of floored because it's this, it's like a disco. I, I wrote disco Kraftwerk pop John Martin, if you remember him yeah. from Solid, Solid Air. Air. And, we had another one too, right? Uh, and like the, ju- the drum machine, it's like solo artists can now do this with technology. It's no longer like Gary Newman... Him, obviously Prince is doing everything himself, but he was only able to do some of that with a drum machine as well. Mm-hmm. So now all these artists are like, floodgates are open. He can he can write the whole thing and it sound almost like a full band. Yeah, I mean, the keyboards added a lot of opportunity. Yeah. And, and, and the Phil pr- Collins, drum machines. We'll yeah. never talk about them. Yeah. Not in this fucking book. We will only Travis talk about the novel <laughs> as the drummer of Prog Genesis. That's the only way that we will... Discuss full I will jump right back into soul mining now. I'm, I'm, I'm doing tangents. First, um, I'm so sorry. Uh, the the sorry end of Giant got really wild. It's yeah, that's a, a crazy nine song. minute song, and nine? at the end, yeah. oh my god! And I and just at one point, I was like, Trent Reznor has entered the room because it got okay. so. Uh, it just the dark. There's a lot of subs. Yeah, like there's a lot of like that, like the industrial. gritty industrial. Yeah, keys. The dude from Photos is on sticks on that. Yeah, I don't know what sticks means. I was not wrong too though because Trent Reznor pops back up and uh, he actually signs to uh, Trent Reznor's label mm. oh, later really? on. The the is signed huh. to. Um, can't remember what the what it's actually called. It's escaping me right now. I know it's not uh, on nothing, nothing records. I know it's not um, during this time period, but like he continues to do this spirit of collaboration thing for a long time. I mean, uh, I, I was I knew this from before, but like Johnny Marr was in the band at some point, and like mm-hmm. I mean, he was in a lot of bands, but like, uh, but that being said, you know that I thought that was interesting. Uh, I think Sinead O'Connor. Mm-hmm. It's the same. It's nineteen eighty-eight. Okay. Yeah, they Is that all the, the mind bomb. Yes, yeah. Mind Bomb. Okay, I just had, rem- yeah, X Smith guitarist Johnny Marr, uh, Nick Lowe bassist, oh. James Eller, uh, oh. ex ABC drummer David Palmer. Yeah, Wait, ABC had a drummer. Then they just <laughs> pushed that button on the Roland. <laughs> and the guest singer Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, I, they were. It was like a super group. It's crazy. Yeah, but that's yeah. He kept, I guess, because it was working. Like he had a lot of singles. Like I mean, he put a lot of singles out. So whatever he was doing was working, and it was creating label interest to finance these projects and these sort of creative experiments with all these other artists. And maybe like once you get known for bringing in all these other great artists and everybody's like, Oh, he's a collaborator. Yeah. And like, you know, maybe that, maybe you, if you just start with that approach, uh, then that's kind of like just the thing that you can keep doing. You know, you keep working with all these greats and, yeah. um, I mean, he put a, he, de- he did have a lot of singles and I, I think he had something like like seven or eight, Top forty. It was a lot. Like more. Fifteen. Wow. Fifteen singles With, on the top forty. Like oh, seven or a top the, forty. The UK says. top forty. Fifth. Uh, With fifteen chart singles, seven reaching oh, the top forty. Sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I remember thinking like, wow, I don't even know like what a lot of those songs would be, but like that's incredible. I mean, it was probably more in England, you know. Is it? Yeah. Is there any specifics on whose top forty it was? Uh, UK. Okay. But it's still, like, I mean, like twenty people there, <laughs> <laughs> and they're all listening. They're all on this album. <laughs> <laughs> all the Dawes. Speaking of uh, uh, the 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 UK and the fine people of the UK, the first time I was ever over there, I 
I got into Squeeze late, you know, and also Jules Holland is such a bigger public figure over there than, oh, than yeah. he is here. But I was I was there and I was I'd played a show at this pub and some lads were talking to me and they were talking about like oh yeah you guys should like reach out like I, like Jules Holland does a thing where he, like talks to the bands like reach out to Jules Holland I was like cool I don't know who she is <laughs> and the look that they gave me I don't know I had a similar experience going over there like. That, like it was just the biggest thing and like in 2006 or whatever i was just like i'm sorry i don't know man like <laughs> like oh okay it's a big show it's a big host like will whitmore played on his show at some point and mm-hmm. like, and i like i just remember that like eventually learning like what it was but it's, it's so fascinating what gets what translates over here from there and vice yeah. versa i mean yeah this is a bit def- of a mystery this band if for, you, for the Empire Records soundtrack, I would not know what this band sounded like. Yeah, this is a definitely an underground band, I would say, in the U.S. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'd be curious sure. if they have like, what's their touring history like here? You know, I mean, what is their touring? history I was about like to say, just in general, can they tour? Yeah, yeah. And he, that's he, what I'm trying to figure out. He he's got folks. He puts together an outfit. You yeah. know. Yeah, I just don't know anything about. I've just never heard of them playing a show in my. In, you know, I mean. Or maybe you just read right past it because it said the, the. There you go. And then it had I kept the, waiting the, for the band name. Yeah. And then, and then it was like Wednesday. Like, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. I just, I just, you know, I'm always looking at all the clubs and stuff and we're on the road. I'm looking. I've just never seen a listing. And yeah. I just, I didn't know what the story was. Yeah. yeah and but, the pantheon of ungoogleable uh Yeah. You can't look up names. the tour dates. The, the. Some phones. We're up there. Yeah. yeah. The cell phones. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean. I mean, just from the band, you know, doing the research, he they definitely had lengthy tours world. It says world yeah, tours. Yeah. So it's not like they're um, I think it's pr- probably more selective. It was probably just like before our time a little, too. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, that's I, the I, real. I was absolutely. I was three. Yeah. I, I yeah. wasn't going to shows in 83. No. Yeah. People were just happy to hear music. <laughs> yeah. It was either that or like <laughs> living in a medieval castle. <laughs> like. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was cool too. He did. Um, he's done some sort of like score work and some uh, sa- soundtracks and, yeah, and things like that. Anything yeah. that we might have seen? I don't think like big. Yeah. Uh, sort of horror movies. I'm guessing horror movies. Blockbusters <laughs> or anything like that. I like the way he makes sort of sound collages. Like I, I like his sound design a lot. Yeah. He reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of Trevor Horn. From Art of Noise, we've hmm. been talking a lot about Trevor Horn recently. Really? Yeah. He, he, yeah. His his production work has put him all over this book. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, also, yeah. we're big Buggles fans. Yes. Well, of course. Yeah. Everyone loves the Buggles. I like this album though. This is a really fun discovery. Um, like I said, outside of This Is the Day, I'd never heard anything from this band. So 
Uh, I liked that it was dark. I liked that the songs uh, had room to breathe. It never really got boring, unlike you know some of the synth pop stuff that that we've talked about. Um, I thought this was a banger. Yeah, I thought it was really good too. Not on my radar. I would not have just dug into the the. Yeah, lyrically he's he's pulling some really some serious weight. Big lines um, with the uh, with, with with his prose and uh, like compared to. Uh, who the fucking dude that Kreisgau was just gushing over? Uh, was it Heaven Seventeen or ABC? One of the two. What like, ABC? It, dude, ABC. yeah, dude. You're who, saying like people think that <laughs> ABC have the most brilliant lyrics, and like this this guy's just fucking what? like but, like shoot dragon that poison arrow through my heart. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the twi- on the twilight hour, the 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 lyric is, but the lyric cutting chunks from your heart and rubbing the yep. meat from your eyes. I wrote that down too, Birch. <laughs> he, he's quoted as saying, I was a kid when I wrote that. <laughs> That's really over the top. <laughs> soul, soul Mining has uh, someone captured your heart like a thief in the night, squeezed all the juice out until it ran dry. I love That's that. Good. The juice part. Yeah. I noticed that yeah. really stuck out. That's funny. I've been calling a lot of liquids juice anymore. It's just kind of like a private joke between me and Carrie. Whether it's spaghetti sauce or <laughs> or, or anything, it, it's, or it's, it's juice. Like, yeah. oh, do you want some more juice on your noodles? <laughs> <laughs> to hear him refer to uh, to the blood as juice, it, that makes me happy. Been mm-hmm. listening to Lizzo. Yes, actually, oh, yeah. all the time. It's a great song. That uh, better get in this book someday. It, it better. Uh, cover art for this, as well as several of. Matt Johnson's albums after this was by his brother, Andy. Uh, Andy Dog. Yeah. He did these paintings. The painting for the cover of Soul Mining of Matt Johnson yelling was not the original cover for this album. It was a painting in a similar style, but it was a painting of one of Fela Kuti's wives smoking a doobie. And it That's was, the one on Spotify, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I... I, I when Andy painted that, I think he wasn't intending for it to be the album cover. Matt wanted it to use as album cover, and Andy was like, okay, but... Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eventually, Matt was like, yeah, you're right. Uh, let's let's just do one of me. <laughs> I, I like Bizarre. the, the, the Cootie. I like it, too. I think it's a really cool painting. Yeah. I thought it was... Not new, really representational of yeah. some of this album. Does Felicuti have any albums in here? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, he's good. got a few. He's got making sure the the one with Ginger Baker and a uh, zombie at yep. least. Zombie, yeah. Ginger Baker. Yeah. 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 Ginger Baker. Everybody else? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like this yeah. record. This is a pleasant surprise. It's a plus. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I definitely it it has made me curious about the the, and I yeah. want to listen to more. According cool. to all the critics, this is the high point, but he comes close. Okay. I would say I listened to Mind Bomb, and it's a very different. That's the cool thing is I feel like the artist. Each each record, you're going to get a completely different collaboration, right? right so, right. It, if you go through the catalog, you can determine yes, this is probably the what people would consider the classic album. But when I was listening to Mind Bomb, I was like, this is a different, this is a completely different, you know, element. It still had the feel. It still had his 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 sort of singing and his the darkness that kind of comes with that. But it's completely different. Interesting. Mind Bomb. I've never. I haven't yet listened to it. But the album cover for Mind Bomb is very familiar to me. Like, I feel like I see, I feel like I've seen that one around. Just being alive for forty years, I feel like I've seen that album cover mm-hmm. more than this one. I don't know. Maybe just 
stuck out and grabbed me. Yeah. It's just like like a black and white picture of just like his his face. Face. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, is everybody on the positive then? Or? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm yeah this is cool. Yeah, yeah. positive all around. Wow, that's kind of surprising, actually, since we've been pretty harsh on English. Yeah, but this the, is good. This, this is, <laughs> the, the, you know, that's the difference. This electro pop. It, it pulls a lot from it. Like it's got its roots in that electro pop, but where it goes with it, I feel like it's an entirely different direction than like where Heaven Seventeen goes with it. Yeah. Like, he, he's got the synth lines and he's got the 808, you know, but then he's laying on the ground and doing stream of conscience lyrics and getting accordion players, you know, like, he's running in a different direction. And, uh... It's experimental. It, yeah, it's interesting. It, it wasn't like, until, like, a few listens that I even started to associate it with the electropop that we've been hearing. Yeah. It's like, I didn't hear that first, even though it's there. I heard, like, the weird stuff first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's working within the pop genre and yeah. he, he's just doing like a more creative side of it you know yeah just like no rules that's the thing about pop is that there's usually very strict rules and the rule is sell lots of records yeah but he somehow managed to have these singles anyway so good for him that's awesome all right next time we'll be talking about tom waits swordfish trombones all right thanks things you swallowed your pride to quell the pain inside Someone captured your heart like a thief in the night And squeezed all the juice out until it ran dry